that's a pretty nice 4th of July for the Pittsburgh Baseball Club. I'd say good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins every single day. Right where you found this. Pirates beat the Brewers, blanked the Brewers, actually, two to nothing on a really thorough pitching performance by Tyler Anderson, putting up seven zeros on just three hits, six strikeouts, a couple walks, followed up by seamless eighth and ninth innings by David Bednar and Richard Rodriguez. Good, good stuff, and yet not nearly as good as Brian Reynolds being selected for the National League All-Star team by his peers. That's that's some pretty rare air there. It's one thing when the fans vote you in, it's kind of flattering, and in the case of Adam Frazier, the Pirates' other selection it's a little jarring because, you know, you think anything that's a national poll, the way the fan voting is, the Pirates are always going to get undersold no matter what kind of individual season someone is having. So the Frazier thing has its own measure for being special. But Reynolds, who wasn't showing up even on the top bazillion of any of these fan ballots, because really nobody around baseball knows who this kid is yet, he was voted in as part of the player vote to fill out the roster. And that's that's different. That means your competitors, the people you're facing day after day, night after night, they're recognizing you. They're respecting you. And I I asked Reynolds about this after he learned of his selection. I think that, you know, yeah. I think that's cool that, um, you know, they, they, they voted it in and either way, either way, it's, it's great. Sounded thrilled, didn't he? (laughs) The most Reynolds thing ever was to not get all geeked up after being picked for the all-stars. Almost all of his answers yesterday were like four or five seconds, and he has that, uh, as you heard there, that deep Johnny Cash voice that makes him sound probably less interested in something than he actually is. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great that I'm going. Yeah, it's, it's really it's really pretty cool. Yeah, it's special. That's what all we were able to get out of him. But I got to tell you, that approach, that mentality, that's his personality and I'm a believer that that component of his personality was a big big reason he was able to bounce back from 2020 among others among others not to deliberate on the negative but we all saw what he did in 2019 as a rookie and I think it's safe to say we would all agree that it was going to be hard for him to match that to keep up with that. It was a crazy pace that he set through the year, and I remember vividly thinking after that season was done, look, you can't expect this from him. 
in the future. It's asking too much, but it sure looks like he could be a decent ball player. He could hit 280, 290, show you a little bit of pop, uh, maybe even hang in the middle of the order when the team gets good. And then 2020 comes along. He starts off slowly. It's a two-month season, pandemic, all this other stuff. He never has a chance to get right. He allows it to snowball. By the time he does finally start getting his swing back, guess what? Season's over, 60 games, bye-bye. He came to Bradenton defiant. Not determined. Defiant. There's a difference. He was going to show everybody what kind of player he was and that he knew he'd be again. So instead of just bouncing back, instead of finding some kind of medium, which I think most people, myself included, would have been satisfied with, you know, something between the great 2019 and the, and the terrible 2020, we all would have been like, hey, you know what? I mean, he, he looks like he could be a piece. He could be a, a part of what they're building. He didn't do that. He didn't do that at all. He came back and has been significantly better than he was in 2019 in every regard, particularly the power, but I'll underscore it again, in every regard, not even just offensively. Defensively, the Pirates internally believe, Ben Charrington has said this, that if Reynolds stays in left field, he's a gold glove left fielder that he's going to win a gold glove someday. As we saw, once Anthony Alford opened up the season, you know, one for a billion, they realized they couldn't try that route. They tried it with Dustin Fowler. He also went one for a billion, and they were both out of here. They had to move Reynolds to center. They didn't want to, but they did. He goes to center, same attitude, whatever, put me wherever you want. And he goes there, and he's been terrific. He's been terrific. He's not making anybody forget Andy Vance like. But he's more than gotten the job done, and he's had more than his share of excellent, committed, deeply committed defensive plays out there. To the extreme that you're wondering whether or not you shouldn't just leave him there. Because if you can have somebody hitting like that and they can stay in center, that's a really valuable thing to put in your pile of building blocks for the future. He is not going to be just a piece. He's looking like a foundational piece. He's looking like he's right there with Kibrian Hayes in that regard. It remains to be seen what happens with Frazier. I'm of the view that the Pirates have to be knocked over in order to move him. I'd be okay with them moving him, but it's got to be something that's significant. Reynolds isn't going anywhere. There's no point even talking about that. Reynolds is absolutely not being traded. So you've got yourself a couple of star-looking type players between your young third baseman and your young center fielder. And for everything else that's gone wrong 
for the Pirates in 2021. Man, that's a really, really sweet set of pluses to put up against it. When we come back, just one question. time for just one question and that's brought to you always on this program by the North Shore Tavern. Directly across Federal Street from PNC Park, it's the home to Steak on a Stone. It's the home to the planet's only dedicated Pittsburgh baseball bar. Wall to wall, front to back, side to side, up and down. Pirates memorabilia through the entire place. Oh, by the way, North Shore Tavern is also home to the meetup we're going to have celebrating the seventh anniversary of DK Pittsburgh Sports. That will take place on July 15 at 5 p.m. Mark it down on your calendars. Come down. No cover charge. No nothing. Just come and say hello. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Question comes from Harry, who asks, Do you buy the Marcelo Mayer comparisons to Corey Seager? For anybody who doesn't know, Either of those references from Harry, Marcelo Mayer is now, I don't want to say consensus number one for this draft, but there's a lot of scouting services lining up the Pirates with him. There's a lot of scouting services who legitimately rank him as the top talent. And in turn, regarding Harry's other reference, there's a lot of them comparing him to Corey Seager, the longtime starting shortstop of the Dodgers. I'm not in a position, Harry, to buy or sell anybody's comparisons. I've never seen Marcelo Mayer play baseball. I've seen video of him taking hacks um, at a combine in Milwaukee. I saw a video of him taking hacks at Wrigley Field as part of another combine. It was impressive. The ball just explode off the bat. You know, it's a combine. It's batting practice. It doesn't mean a thing. For that matter, I see the Dodgers six times, maximum seven times a year. You know, they're in another division. I see them when the Pirates play them, so that's as much as I've seen Seager. I do know that I have put both players' profiles against each other, and I understand where the comparisons would come from, and I have looked at Seager's path in particular first in regards to how quickly he got to Los Angeles, and then second, how quickly he was able to make an impact and how consistent he's been ever since. If the Pirates get themselves a Corey Seager with the first pick in this draft, that will have been a very, very, very productive pick. I don't know that they will, but I know that it would be that. I'm not going to compare the two, but I am comparing potential impacts, if you will. If you're expecting the first overall pick in this draft to be the equivalent of Fernando Tatis Jr. or some complete franchise changer, you will be deeply disappointed, and that won't be the Pirates' fault. They can't make the draft class better than what it is. So if the best player in this class is Corey Seager, in quotes, that's going to have to do. 
And if the Pirates succeed in signing this player at below slot, and that player also in return gets the dignity of being the number one overall pick, and oh, hey, by the way, he might actually be the best player in a draft where very few people can seem to find much daylight between prospects one through six, and you can get yourself yet another elite prospect in a later round as a result, that's okay too. It is. It's not a matter of being cheap. It's a matter of getting volume. It's a matter of getting the most bang for your cap money. And I'm going to underscore cap. Pirates won't be saving any of this money. It's all right there for us to see. Every year there's been a draft cap. They have spent every last dollar. They're going to do it again. Ben Charrington has said so. We'll see it. We'll be able to call him a liar when he doesn't. So th this is going to be interesting. But yeah, I I'll take Corey Seager. Take a player of that caliber and put him right there in the pile with a lot of these other players and prospects and everything else and see how it shakes out. It's not going to be super clear cut. There's not going to be a diagram or a drawing that you can make about who's going to be in Pittsburgh in a year or two or whatever. You have to create competition at all levels. And if this kid comes into the mix and you have that competition, man, just get some pitching, you know? Get some pitching. I appreciate the question, Harry. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one tomorrow. Mm -hmm.